0: Good morning. Good morning. Shall we worship together? Shall we sing together? Would you stand and sing with us, please? And one, two, three, four, and Praise Him, you heavens and all that's above. Praise Him. sun, moon, and bright shining stars, praising new heavens and waters. and water.
1: Good morning. morning. My name is Paisley Jones, and I will be reading from Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 33 and 34. The New International Version. You may join me by reading from the Pew Bible on page 721. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. But I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people no longer they will teach their neighbor or say to one another know the lord because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest declares the lord for i will forgive them their wickedness and i will remember their sins no more the word of god for the people of god, be to god. our opening prayer this morning is from the hymn help us accept each other It's number 560 in our hymnal. We will speak it together. You may use the hymnal or see the words on the screen as we pray together. Let us pray. Lord, help us accept each other as Christ accepted us. Teach us as sister, brother, each person to embrace. Be present, Lord, among us and bring us to believe. We are ourselves accepted, meant to love and live. Teach us, O Lord, your lessons as in our daily life. Struggle to be human and search for hope and faith. Teach us to care for people, for all, not just for some. To love them as we find them or as we may become. Let acceptance change us so that we may be moved, living situations, to do the truth in love, to practice your acceptance until we know by heart the able of forgiveness and laughter's healing art. Lord, for today's encounters with all who are in need, who hunger for acceptance, for righteousness in bread. We need new lives, hands for holding on. Renew us with your Spirit, Lord.
2: Make us one. Amen. I'm Cheryl Broom, and I'm your pastor here at Holodus Hills United Methodist Church. And as is our custom, we pass the microphone forward. I also want to lift before you today, Jessie Spina, who will be our speaker. Jessie is a staff member here, and she usually does children's sermons. So I said today, do you think you could do an adult sermon? And she said yes. And she's really, you're going to be so delighted in her speech today and her message for you. I think you're going to really admire her work here and the fact that she can bump it up to our level or down to our level, whichever the case may be. I have no comment. So if you have a prayer request, raise your hand. I'm going to jot them down, and then our prayer teams will hold you in prayer, both our Monday night prayer team that meets here at 6 p.m. every Monday and our Facebook prayer page, which we just give a first name and last initial so that um, on that confidential page you're protected as well. So if you have a prayer request, Raise your hand high. Then let us go before God in prayer. There is no part of life you do not touch, O God. Filling your people and breaking down barriers and showing us the power of your love for all your children. May our actions point to you, to the richness you bring to all life and the abundance you share, setting the scene for us to share, too. Help us to bring light into all the darkness of life, spreading hope for a better world, a world where justice is made real by your children living together in harmony. Help us to bring salt into life, encouraging vitality and joy, in living a world that dares to hope for the future that you promise where all your children will know themselves loved and valued and treasured created in your image bringing you glory forever this we pray in the name of Jesus Christ our lord and savior who taught us to pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth
3: Good morning church family. Today's New Testament reading comes from Matthew chapter 5 verses 13 through 16, which can be found on page 880 of your Pew Bible. I will be reading from the NIV translation. It reads, "You are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden." Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I was wondering today if you all might join me in a prayer that I say every Sunday by myself in the front pew before I come up for a children's sermon. I would love to say it aloud with you today. Will you bow your heads? Dear God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I am sure that I am not the person that you all expected to see up here this Lady Sunday. Um, I am not the normal lay speaker that we would have up here. We usually have our friends uh, Carl Cluthy or Rory Baldwin up here giving us words of wisdom to live by. But I am so excited to be here today and thank you. For the opportunity to do so Uh, if you've known me for any period of time or if you have attended the church for any period of time and heard my children's sermons you might guess that this is one of my favorite passages of scripture this section from matthew 5 and you would be absolutely correct in that it's one that my heart adores and cherishes and i carry it around with me a lot you might also um guess that because i use it because i adore it i use it a lot in children's ministry and that's true in fact our hill city kids program um, uses Matthew five fourteen in particular as its sort of catchphrase or slogan, you are the light of the world, you are a city set on a hill. Um, you might also think because of those things that you're in store for a children's sermon today. And that's the part where I'm not so sure. Um, you might be in store for one today, but I personally think that this passage of Scripture has a lot more depth to it. And even though it often gets relegated to children's ministry because it's easy to teach to kids and they grasp it readily, uh, that there is more there, there is more substance there when we look at the context and dig into it. So let's do that. Uh, When Jesus was uh, preaching this uh, particular scripture, he was giving what we call today the Sermon on the Mount. He had his disciples gathered and he was teaching and as he was teaching a crowd also gathered with them. We hear that often in, and in scriptures and um, we don't know the exact makeup of the crowd, but from descriptions that are given during Jesus's ministry, we can guess that there were different ages and different races. There were different genders and religions. There were people from different economic backgrounds, pretty much any sort of demographic you could think of had gathered there to listen to Jesus teach. And he directly precedes this passage with what we now call the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the peacemaker. Blessed are those who suffer and are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Jesus is telling us things that we will do or go through as we follow him as his disciples. And in each instance, he follows it with the phrase, For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In fact, that that phrase blessed or blessedness means to be with God. So in each instance where we might feel most alone, when we are mourning, when we are trying to keep the peace, when we are being persecuted for being disciples of His, those times when we feel most alone, Jesus is promising us that God will be there with us. And He follows that directly with this, what my heart feels is a challenge. He gives us a job to do. He says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. He's telling us we have a job. We have something to do but what does it mean for us to be the salt of the earth well let's let's look at let's look at what it is what salt does in the world today right we know that um we use salt today to um enhance flavors in uh seasoned food in fact salt enhances flavors in a way that we will taste things on salted food that we can't taste without the salt we know that historically salt has been used to preserve foods it um it uh, seals in the freshness and it locks out the decay and the bacteria and the things that cause food to break down. So it preserves it. And we know that salt creates a thirst. In fact, most drinks that you drink today, um, like energy drinks, sodas, juices, even bottled water, has salt in it to get us to drink more. And so if we are to be the salt of the earth, that means that we should be doing those things for other people, Right. That means that we should be um, preserving God's truth in the world around us. We should be enhancing, enhancing or seasoning the lives of others through our love, right? Enhancing their blessings that they have already received from God with his love and his kindness in their world. And most importantly, we should be creating a thirst in others to know God. But I wonder quite often, Am I doing those things? When I step out of the sanctuary on Sunday morning and Miss Jessie gets into her car and she leaves this parking lot, she becomes Jessie Spina. Is she still doing those things in the world today? You see, I'm often caught up in the grind. um going through the motions of trying to wear my different hats that I'm required to wear every day. From my mom hat, to my wife hat, to my um, employee hat, right, to being a boss and wearing my boss hat, to being a friend, and I'm just switching hats constantly, changing things, and the one hat that I seem to drop easily and quickly is that of my disciple hat. It seems to slip off whenever I start to get stressed and anxious, and it doesn't really have to be anything big that sets off this action. Um, we could It could be something as simple as running errands. Right? Running errands. We all have to do it. I don't think anybody enjoys doing it, but we all have to, right? And inevitably, running errands means getting into your car, which in San Antonio means taking your life into your hands. Uh, I quite often find myself on 1604, so I like to pick on it when I'm talking about driving in San Antonio. And uh, I have... And it, 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 the drivers here are different than anywhere else in the world. I am convinced that uh, we do not teach how to stop at stop signs, or how to use turn signals in driver's ed in San Antonio. I don't know if it's true or not, but I have not seen any proof that it is actually taught. Um, I have also uh, questioned whether how to change lanes or merging is covered. Um, And there is always this awesome phenomena that I seem to experience every time I get on the highway, which in my family we have dubbed the San Antonio exit. And that's when you are at an exit, when suddenly the car from the very left-hand drive lane decides that they need that exit right now. And so they jump across all of the drive lanes of traffic, across the striped median, and finally into the turn lane, usually just barely missing the barricade that is there. And all of the other cars in the road are slamming on their brakes and just trying to stay alive in that moment as this person does their San Antonio exit to get wherever it is they're going. And it is terrifying. And usually by the time I get to wherever I am going, wherever my errands are, I am already stressed and anxious. And my disciple's hat is starting to fall. And then by the time I am going through my list of the store, let's say Walmart, because I feel like I live there and I probably should own stock in Walmart. I'm going through my list and it inevitably happens. I get to pretty much every item on my list. I'll get to the aisle that the item is located on to the exact spot that it is located, and there is always somebody right there in front of that item that I need. And they are reading the nutritional label in the box, they are setting across the aisle to see a broad selection of things, um, standing there contemplating the meaning of life. I don't, I, I don't know what it is, but they are there and they are blocking me from what I need to get. And it is like the Murphy's Law of grocery shopping. It always happens. It's like nine out of 10 items. They are there and I can't do what I need to get. And so my disciple hat starts to slip a little bit more as that stress and that anxiety I carried into the store blossom into frustration. And as I complete my list and that frustration builds, I head towards the front of the store and it always happens. Y'all know what's coming, right? Cart full of groceries. You get to the front of the store. And there's only one cashier on duty. And that cashier has a line because every person in the store has decided to check out at that exact moment that you finished your shopping and you need to check out. Right? Is it just me or does it happen to everybody? It happens all the time. And I can't complete the thing that I needed to do. The reason why I came here, I can't complete it. And I am standing in in that line trying to calculate what I need to do to change my day because suddenly I'm going to be here a lot longer than I thought I was going to be. And the frustration, that stress, and then anxiety, they are all building together now into anger. And that anger is taking over. And my disciple's hat is nowhere to be seen. I have left it somewhere at the back of the store before I headed to the front. It is completely gone. It's not even a thought in my mind. I am no longer focused on being Christ's disciple. I am just upset at the way my day is going. There's a story that floats around on social media. I don't know if it's true or not. Uh, I don't know how old it is, but I like to maintain that it is true because I tear up every time I read it. And there's a story, it's about this little boy and his mom, and they are shopping, they're doing what they need to do. Mom's going through that grind that I just described, trying to get through their list, when suddenly her son, who's about 10, says hey mom can I go help that gentleman over there and she looks up from her list and sees a elderly gentleman with what appeared to be some type of osteoporosis that's hunched his shoulders over so that he can't lift up his head straight and he is trying to navigate the store and push a shopping cart with a very limited field of vision and he's having difficulty doing it and the mom uh Says, sure, sweetie, go help him, thinking in part that her son's going to help with the one item the gentleman was trying to retrieve at that time. So the little boy goes over and uh, introduces himself and asks if he can assist this gentleman, and the man greatly accepts his help. And the little boy retrieves his item, and instead of running back to his mom, the little boy stays with the gentleman and goes through the entire store and the gentleman's entire list getting not only the item that the man required, but ensuring that he got the brand that he needed, the type that he needed, and the quantity that he needed. So his shopping list was complete and fully done. And then once they're done going through the store together, the mom and the little boy and the gentleman, they all go up to the front and they help him check out. And then the boy and his mom help the gentleman load his groceries into his car before saying goodbye to him. You see, in that little that moment, that little boy was acting as Jesus to that man, and he looked up and he saw, instead of a problem like I see when I rush through my day, he saw a person. He saw a person. That little boy was living with the Old Testament reading that Paisley read for us earlier from Jeremiah 31. He was living with that new covenant in his heart. He was re- living with Jesus's commandments written on his heart. Because if we have those commandments on our heart, Pastor Cheryl touched on them last week. If we are trusting and loving God before everything else, if he is the top of our priority list and if we are loving our neighbors as ourselves and treating them the way we want to be treated, there is no way, no way at all that we would ever look at someone and see a problem. We would always see a person and we would treat that person the way Christ has treated us because we have his love and his compassion and he's shown those things to us. That little boy is an example of the Christian I want to be all the time. And I see that so often in children's ministry. Children can emulate Jesus in a way that adults struggle to. And I wonder why, why do I struggle? Why do I leave that disciples hat by the wayside? Because we have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory, right? We all know that. We have all had times in our life where we have needed compassion. We have needed a helping hand. We have needed grace. Whether from Christ or from our fellow man standing next to us, we have needed help. And every time, at least I know in my life, every time that I have needed those things, Christ has been there. His hand has been outstretched to me, waiting to take hold. I just have to look up to it. He has set this example of not just how to give his life for other people, but how to live his life for other people. Every single time we meet Jesus in the Bible, he is doing something for somebody else. And why is it so difficult for me to emulate that? If my faith showed in my actions, if that new covenant was written on my heart, the way I believe it is, then my actions should follow right? My actions should follow my faith just naturally. It shouldn't be hard to treat my neighbor the way I want to be treated. It shouldn't be hard to love them because I love God, but I still struggle with that disciple's hat every day. You see, we've been given this blessing. We've been given a blessing, and that is to expand God's kingdom here and now, God's kingdom is all around us. Heaven doesn't exist in one particular place. It is everywhere at all times. And we can build it here on earth before we ever even step foot in it by sharing God's love with others. And when we do that, we have this living faith. We have a living faith, not a faith filled with words, not a faith filled with empty promises, a faith that is alive and touching other people. You see, Christ, when he died on the cross for us and he created this new covenant for us to live in, he gave us a bridge from our humanity to his holiness. And we just have to step out on it. We just have to trust that it's going to support us, that his love will take care of us. And when we do that, and when our actions show in our faith, suddenly our words are more authentic, They are more powerful. They hold more conviction and weight to them. And I know the times where I have been doing what Christ has called me to do and I have been following his plan because I know I felt like I was doing that. I know those times when I have spoken words like, there is a God who loves you undeniably more than anything else in this world. A God who created the whole universe and yet still, still will do anything to take care of you. And there is nothing that you can do that would ever separate yourself from his love if i have already loved that person i'm speaking those words to with my actions they hear those words on a deeper level because they have already felt god's love through his disciples it's not by any action that i have taken in and of myself it's because my faith has shown through and so matthew 5 this passage that we read earlier today It is a challenge to me. I carry it often because I want to ensure that I am being that salt. I am being that salt, and I am reaching out, and I am touching other people, and I am enhancing their lives. I am creating a thirst for them to know Jesus, and I am keeping God's truth in the world around me. I want to know that I am doing that. And so maybe this is a children's sermon because it is a challenge that I take on myself every single day. And I challenge my kiddos every single Sunday to do something during the week. And if you are feeling like maybe your heart needs to pick up this challenge, and I challenge you also to be the salt, to be God's light in the world around you, to keep your disciples' hat snugly on your head and not let it slip and fall to the ground like it is so easy to do. Amen.